Hi everybody, uh, welcome to the 14th episode of the AVP Galaxy Podcast. <laughs> You're listening to our first one of 2014. And today I've got my usual co-star, Ridgetop. Hey guys, what's up? And uh, joining us for the first time is uh, Doom Rules. Hey folks, how's it going? Pleasure to be here. Where are you from? You're, you're from Canada, aren't you? I am. I'm from a little little city outside Toronto called Mississauga, Ontario. Now, I will give brownie points to whoever can actually pronounce that properly. And if it sounds easy enough, well, you'd be surprised at how many Americans struggle with it. So, yeah. So today's episode is a British man, an American, and a Canadian. Um, today we're pretty much going to be talking about disappointment in terms of um, the aliens and predator and aliens vs predator and prometheus um, because let, let's face it the past couple of years have been uh, anything but smooth sailing when it comes to our releases and you know I, I think i think it does does affect us as fans when we we are given crap releases because we put time and time and effort into our fandoms Right, you know, there's people out there that write fan fictions, spend time doing fan art. I mean, we we're here doing a podcast for a, a website that we run at. We we put time and time and effort into our hobbies, our fandoms. So, you know, it it does leave uh, a mark when we when we're given stuff that we don't like. I suppose with us recently, it's been quite a lot of universal dislike for the more recent releases. I mean, the first thing I really want to talk about is. Um, Colonial Marines. Now, I enjoyed it a little bit, and there are aspects of the game that I do enjoy, but in general, I wasn't given the product I was promised. The overall story was disappointing and lazy. Um, I can't remember what, what you think about it, Ridgetop. I mean, what? how do you feel about I mean, Colonial Marines? I was pretty disappointed with it overall. I think Gearbox definitely sabotaged what could have been an awesome game. Uh, you know, everybody's been over this, but all the earlier footage showed a, a lot more impressive build of the game, and, and when it came out, it was full of bugs and glitches, and it just wasn't a very good Colonial Marines experience in terms of actually feeling like you were part of a squad or unit. Um, there weren't any real situations where you had to hold up against the aliens where they talked about, and uh, we didn't learn too much more about a lot of the story elements that tied into the films. And if, if they did, it was just kind of a... I mean, they went into it a bit more with the single-player expansion, uh, talking about Hicks. But um, it still it could have been a lot more than what it was. And I was just recently looking at some of the earlier concept art by Sid Mead. I think they got Sid Mead to do some stuff with the game, and it just... Like, the scale of the game could have been so much better than what we got. That's, uh, that's for sure. Um, Doom, um, I honestly have no idea what you thought of this. I haven't seen any of your thoughts on the on the forums, and I don't think we've we've ever played a game of uh, well, Colonial Marines. Well, here's why: because I never bought. Truthfully, I never bought Aliens Colonial Marines. Now that's because you see, normally, normally I don't let critical reviews dissuade me from buying a game or seeing a movie. But when the reviews for a particular product are so overwhelmingly bad, and the hype leading up to it was so high, like in the case of Colonial Marines, that's when I say, you know what, it's just not worth my time. And when I got a look at the final product, I thought, this looks absolutely horrible. I mean, it it didn't look entertaining. It didn't even look 
current gen, you know, based from a from a, a game engine perspective. And there didn't seem to be anything at all that, that grabbed my attention. I mean, it just looked it looked like a very very boring experience to say the least. It, it to me. It, it was almost like a, an easy way to just make money off of the alien's name. Now, obviously, you two gentlemen have experience with the game. You know better than I do. I mean, what do you, is that, does that sound like a fair assessment of what I just said? I think in terms of story, this is where I feel it starts to, yeah, just cash in on what everybody sort of loves and says they want from future games, if you kind of feel. I mean, everybody always wants um, Colonial Marines. You always you always want to always want to crack in with the um, the equipment and the weaponry, um, and in some aspects I feel that yes, that's probably one of my favourite parts of the game in that it's an updated sort of gameplay style. Um, you know you've got your upgrades, you've got your cust- limited, granted, customization, but it's it's the story that really really irritates me about. Cleonium Marines because it just feels so so phoned in, you know. Let's let's bring this let's bring the colony back. Let's have a piss poor excuse for it. Uh, it survived it because the explosion went downwards, and you know even worse they they bring Hicks in thinking oh everybody will love it. Everybody loved Hicks, and you know it didn't it didn't feel very passionate I suppose on their part. I mean even even when Michael Beans voice comes on and even he sounds bored and he can't be asked to be there and you know you there, there was a comment he made about how I'm probably paraphrasing here but how sort of passionless Gearbox was with him when he came in and you know it shows in in his portrayal like there wasn't anybody there you know providing him with this energy and direction that you know we received for um, Far Cry that's that's probably my biggest thing, the really, really wank story. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I mean, I, I did get some enjoyment out of the game, and, and the PC version especially, they had some patches and updates that improved the graphics and um, made the game a bit more enjoyable. I, I definitely got the most out of the multiplayer nights, was, was a lot of fun, and I think that got closest to the Colonial Marines experience we were looking for with the game. But, I mean... The only real satisfaction I could get out of a campaign was just kind of as a sci-fi museum, like, ooh, I'm walking through the derelict, or I'm walking through the Stalako. This looks pretty cool. Like, the production design was cool. The environments looked good. It was just, like like you were saying, the story and the characters felt pretty weak. Hmm. And, you know, that's something else that kind of winds me up about the games. We got to go to the Stalako. Woo! Awesome. You know, we got to go into the derelict. Also awesome, but every generation that happens. I mean, maybe not necessarily the the originals, but you know, you're in the derelict in AVP classic. You're on a Sulaco type ship in in classic again. You know, then again in AVP two trilogy, um, Resurrection. Obviously, it's based on the game, so you're there. Thanatos encounter. That's supposed to be a military type thing. Every time we treated to a retread of old environments, old locations, old story beats, fan beats, whatever, and it's starting to feel very... You know how tie-ins tend to have a reputation of being very lazy games? Yeah, for That's sure. 
what I feel like it's sort of descending to with even the alien stuff. I'm bored of playing the same type of things over and over again. I, I understand the need for there to be consistency within design and um, feel and everything like that, but there's a difference between consistency to repetition. No, it definitely gets to the point of fatigue a little bit. And I like ABP 2010 a lot because it did try some new things. Yes. Like it was a new planet and the the environment was different and there were a lot of new aspects about it that we hadn't really seen before. Where, as like you were saying, Colonial Marines was just, I think they tried too hard to make you feel like you were just in that movie, which if they wanted some, some parts that were on LV-426 or in the Sulaco, that would have been great. But to just focus solely on that, it was... It just felt like a retread. Which is, um, to sort of veer off onto another disappointment, I suppose, is my, well, the, the film had a multitude of issues, but one of the things I really had an issue with AVP Requiem was um, its insistence on being a collection of scenes and even music, even audio beats, just being a complete collection of repeat scenes from the other films. I mean, that seems to be what people think fandom want, just repetition of awesome bits from the old stuff. I mean, I, I know you guys enjoyed the AVP move, but that, that, that was definitely... Well, sort of. Sort of. I, I don't, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but it was only AVP Requiem that I enjoyed to a, to a certain degree. The first, the, the Paul Anderson film, though, I thought was... Oh, God, it was horrible on so many levels. I mean, it was just, it was boring. It was painful to look at. I'm, I'm sitting there throughout the entire film thinking, okay, so seriously, I, I found it very tedious to watch because, like, I, I understand that Anderson wanted to build build the film up. He wanted to get the um, lead up to what was eventually going to happen later on in the movie. And that's, I mean, that's good. Obviously, you want the pacing to be there. But I felt there was too much going on with the humans. And when the, when the, when the, when the titular creatures finally show up, there wasn't enough happening. And also the film, I thought the cinematography was very, very poor. I mean, most of the time we had, what, gray, black, some hues of blue here and there, but realistically made in black and white. I'm not sure anybody would have been able to tell the difference. <laughs> I, I got a bit of enjoyment out of the first AVP movie. I mean, even when I first saw it, I, I kind of knew that it wouldn't live up to fan expectations just because those expectations would be really high. But, I mean, I like some of the production design. I thought the pyramid looked cool. Some of the ideas of the movie were a bit wonky, I guess. But overall, I thought it was a good time. For me, my main issues were it wasn't violent enough. I mean, everyone was pissed off at the PG-13 rating, and, you know, it just didn't feel like it had that visceral AVP thing we were kind of hoping for, which AVPR kind of tried too hard for me. But I, I still kind of liked that. Um, I definitely enjoyed AVPR more of the two. And, yeah, it did It did feel like a bad mashup of, you know, like a, the entire franchise, but it was, I don't know, it was entertaining trash, and I was pretty entertained. I thought that everyone hated the setting, the little Colorado town, but it for me it kind of reminded me of those old monster invasion movies of some small middle American town just getting invaded by an alien, like the, the Blob or something. And so it was kind of a unique play on, on Alien vs. Predator, I thought. And yeah, I mean, the movie wasn't what anybody wanted. Everybody wants AVP in the future with Marines in space. And so I'm hoping someday we'll get a third film. I'm hoping for a complete reboot. I mean, I kind of, I can tolerate AVP, the first one. Because, again, like you, I really like the pyramid aspect and 
I know it's a bit of a tired sort of story idea, but, you know, the Predators having more involvement in human past and all that crap. But I really like the, the, the pyramid setting more than anything, you know, this whole shifting idea. At least maintained a bit of, there's still something unusual about the location. The Colorado setting in, in the second one, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you say it was like, um, it was like the old school movies, but that was, that was never what Aliens was about. It's unusual futuristic space locations and situations and Predator, yeah, that was a bit more down to ground, but I think, EVP has always had more of an alien feel to it than a predator feel to it. I mean, the initial comic was in the alien universe, it was in the future, it was, um, had the marines, well, no, the marines later showed up in the other stories, but, you know, that's, that's where it started. The games were generally in the future with cloner marines, so, you know, it felt very, felt very out of place. And I find it really difficult to watch, you know, the, the cast in it, the acting in it dark everything is I, don't, I sat down it was a while ago to um, when everybody was complaining about all the homages in Predators um, and I sat down to do a list of all of them in AVP and AVPR and Predators and I, it took me about three separate sittings to make it all the way through AVPR I just I couldn't I couldn't do it to myself it, it was very much a chore yeah I can't I can't really forgive anything in that film at all I mildly enjoyed the soundtrack just for the mashup but that's when I'm in the car going to somewhere AVP related and just getting in the mood. Yeah, yeah. Brian Tyler did a good job on that score. The music was good. It, it was still very much like the movie though, and it was a mashup of themes and movements and everything, all the musical elements of pretty much all of them, really. There was Alien, there was Aliens, there was Alien 3, there was Resurrection in there, there was the Predators in there. It was complete unoriginality. And I think that's that's the issue of late um, you know unoriginality people aren't daring to try and be different lately I mean that, that probably fits in a lot with this whole reboot thing that everybody's doing Hollywood's doing comics are doing games are doing you know nobody's daring to to, to try new stuff I mean I've been on in the AVP community about 14 years now or something like that. And I like to think of that as I joined at the end of the, you know, the golden age when we'd had all these brand new comics. Yeah, some of them were trash, but some of them were really good and had branched out and done unique things and weren't relying terribly on old characters and stuff like that. But, you know, now we're at this thing I'm really worried about with, with this coming year is, um, how everything seems to be reverting back to relating around Ripley. So, you know, Isolation's Ripley's daughter. Isolation being the new game, if anybody doesn't know who's listening. You know, there's a new there's a new trilogy of books coming out. And I was really excited about that. Um, because the the last set of books from Dark Horse Press, I wasn't... Well, the, the alien ones, I wasn't impressed with. But this set is, again, revolving around Ripley and apparently her family. In the first one, is 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 Ripley herself? It's a hidden history, you know that apparently she's going to forget somehow, which I'm immensely scared about because I'm sick of shit products, um, and I'm sick of being force-fed hidden uh, history and events like 
all the Hicks stuff with Colonial Marines. I mean, he didn't, he didn't really die, and he'd somehow witness Ripley's death, and they're just shoehorning stuff in for the, you know, because they daren't try and stand on their own two feet and create proper unique situations and stories and characters and. <laughs> you know, that's part of the reason why I don't have, I don't tolerate the EU and why I don't really give it much of a chance. I mean, if we, you know, I, when you consider the EU within context, let's see, you've got the movies, and then if you really try to make the EU try and fit into some sort of canon, I mean, what are you left with? Let's see, two versions of Aliens, I think, three different versions of Alien 3. Um, aliens come to Earth. There was another predator uh, on, the, on, on Earth as well. Dutch had a brother and all this other crap. And I think to myself, how can anybody logically put this all together? I mean, to me, it doesn't seem like there's any re- reasonable way to make it all fit together. Well, yeah, I mean, the EU is just so big, there's no way that it could all fit together in canon. I think, I mean, it's like any any big franchise, especially ones that have comic series, you'll have things that contradict each other, and I think canon just kind of comes down to what you, as the fan, because, I mean, there's a lot of EU stuff that I do like. I like the original Alien vs. Predator comic, and I like uh, War, and so... Yeah, I mean, the, the EU's kind of all over the place. There's there's hits and misses when it comes to the comics and the games and the books, in my opinion. I, what, I don't, I'm not a terrible and massive fan of Star Wars, but I do like that they have effort into containing their EU. They have somebody that sits there and tries to keep it together, I suppose. All the new Star Trek stuff is tried to be kept together, which I like, but Aliens has never really has never really had that. Yes, stuff gets approved by Fox, but it's not going to be specific stuff between specific stories. And, you know, Fox never really commented on it before, but now with the throwing out this word canon with the recent releases, I think more of the selling point than anything else. Because, let's face it, fans are always arguing about canon. It's not canon, it's a book, only the films are canon. Yeah, but so-and-so said... Fox said this and blah blah blah, and now you know the the, the books. This new series of books have got the word canon on the back of them, and Colonial Marines they were constantly bigging about being canon. That's, that's a whole other mess that they're now using to try and sell these things, which is which is scary. Any, can anybody hear me? Yeah, I can, I can hear you. Oh. I what that was. Okay. Uh, there, there was just a little bit weird sound there. Um, okay, so tangent about um, canon. Has um, anything else got any anything to say on on canon? Well, I mean, I think bigger franchises like Star Wars and Star Trek that have a huge following, yeah, they'll take more uh, more effort into making sure things match up. Maybe not with Star Trek, considering what's been done to that, but. I think, um, you know, Alien and Predator has always been, I mean, it's had a big following, but it's always been more of a niche kind of franchise. So I think, you know, it's still really appealing to people that like sci-fi. And so if, if you have writers or artists um, or game developers that, that want to do something, Fox is, is probably going to be pretty quick to approve it, I would think, regardless of whether or not it'll contradict with something else that's been done in the EU. Yeah. It just it just annoys me that you're using it as a selling point now, more than anything. Um, but in terms of uh, 
you know, on the on the issue of messy timelines and stuff. Should we uh should we get on to your baby? Oh no. Me no no, you have been looking forward to this <laughs> moment. You have been wanting to rip this ages. Yes. Prometheus I really did not like that movie. Um I was very, very excited for it. It was probably like I've never been so excited for a movie. And when I saw it, I it was like a smile slowly just faded off of my face the whole movie. And when it was over, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll have to see it again. You know, it, it took a, a bit for it to sink in how much I didn't like it. And then just on the way home, I started asking the questions that everyone always brings up. Like, oh, well, wait, why did they do this? Why did, you know, why did the guy with the maps get lost? You know, why did they make these stupid decisions? And I think I've never seen a movie that looked so good that was so poorly executed when it came to the story. It was, I don't know, it was just the worst kind of tease ever because the movie didn't know what it wanted to be. I mean, initially it sounded like it was going to be this awesome alien prequel, but then they decided they were going to go in a different direction, which I was all right with. I read Space Original Script, which I thought would have been a lot better, to be honest. I thought it would have tied in a bit more. I think Lindelof and, and even Scott deserves some credit for this, I think, tried too hard to branch it off into its own thing. And it's like, well, if you want to make an original, why are you doing it in the Alien universe? You know, people are going to want to see an Alien prequel. That's what they tried to bill it as, you know, from director Ridley Scott in the Alien universe. It's like, that's people are going to want to see an Alien prequel. And the movie starts off as this weird kind of existential, spiritual look, you know, like, like 2001 A Space Odyssey, and then it just evolves into a horror movie. And almost every question that's asked in, in the movie, um, all these all these things that are brought up just to move the plot along are never explained. And D- Damon Lindelof kind of has a knack from for that, from Lost. A, a friend of mine was really into that show, and he thought that Lindelof's writing pretty much ruined the series. Like, he came up with all these plot points that just never went anywhere, and you have to wonder if, if he really knew, with all his ambiguity, what he was doing <laughs> as a I writer. Was, I was wondering about something, actually, now that you mentioned that, as I recall, Prometheus was was supposed to be initially a prequel to Alien. Now, where did they go wrong? Because the space script that I read, you know, uh, seemed like this would have been that would have been the movie that I think everyone, or at least the majority of fans, wanted to see. Where? Why exactly was that script canned? Do you guys have any idea? Because Lindelof said, "Yeah, it's cool, but there's too much Alien in it. I think it'd be cooler if it wasn't." I believe something to that effect. Ugh. And I think that. That is probably my biggest issue with the film as well. Lindelof. I mean, I've read the space one. I'd I'd say most most of us have read the space one. And yes, uh, it was cool. And, you know, it tied into Aliens a lot better. But I do think, you know, it it had its issues. There were a couple of more versions after the one that I think we we ultimately got, or at least one more, that might have rounded it out better. I mean, David was so much more... 2D in spaces, but it tied in, it, it made a lot more sense, you know, character motivation was there, clear sort of evolution of this alien weapon was there, uh, why Wayland would be willing to spend, and I mean, I know, I know they're trying to address it in the other one with him seeking immortality, but there's no, it doesn't seem like a clear jump to me, whereas in Spates' script it was a lot more a lot more straightforward, you know, it made more sense, it was 
Waylon's a businessman. He's into terraforming, evidence of terraforming the planet, and they find terraforming kit there. You know, it made it made sense. But Lindelof comes along, and it's so obviously aliens in feel, look, um, you know. But he's trying so hard to make it alien, but not be alien, you know. You, we've got this snake thing that looks kind of like the face hugger without legs. You know, we've got the decon, which is supposed to be a proto-alien, but looks nothing like an alien, really. And They then mess that up with having this mural, which shows they know about that type of creature. But then to get to that creature, they've got to have humans involved, impregnate, impregnated, creating the big... What did they call the big face hugger? I can't remember. Um, uh, wasn't it a trilobite? Trilobite, yeah. You, to create the trilobite, which then got in fact the engineers and uh, yeah, just it seems so sloppy and no real thought was put into the consistency of it. And you know, he's one of my big problems with the Star Trek reboots. Again, reboots going back. Because those films were so sloppy as well and had glaring holes in them. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed them, but every time I watch them, something else, I notice something else that just pisses me off as a fan. Well, hold on a second. A plot hole in the sense of, like, within the context of that movie alone or how it relates to the other Star Trek movies? Uh, I want to say a bit of both. It's, it's more logical stuff in the film that pisses me off. Being... Um, the first one, for example, Kirk is in his third year in in um, the academy. They sneak him on the ship. Yeah, fair enough. Pike shouts at him a, a little bit. Um, Kirk's got to give this important information that, not through any ingenuity or intelligence on his part, that he knows. It just it happened to him, so he knows about it. So yeah, they tell Pike. Oh, that's all good. Pike puts him as first in. Second in command of the ship. A disqualified cadet in second in command of the ship. Just so they can well, get him to the point well, of being... Probably, I hear, what you're, I, well, I hear what you're saying, but I think that might have been just because, uh, you know, because we already know Pike thought very highly of Kirk, so when he, when he made that call, it was probably a decision more just based on the fact that, well, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's the cadet and all, but I know this guy, I know how he thinks, and I like it, so who better to do it than, than, than him? I don't, I don't buy it as a moviegoer, and I don't buy it as a Star Trek fan. What really pissed me off in the second one as well. The problems I had with uh, the Star Trek reboots is that it just really alienated the, the fan base. I think a lot of the things fans loved about Star Trek, the core elements that made Star Trek what it was, were thrown away for just another, I mean, well done, but kind of hollow, in my opinion, summer action movie with a bunch of young stars that... You know, and, and they plucked some things out of the older movies, but when it came down to it, it was just, you know, more action, more destruction, and it's like, don't we get enough movies like that these days? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, they're well-made films, but in terms of Star Trek movies, I thought they were, I mean, even J.J. Abrams himself said, I, I was never into Star Trek, and it's like, okay, well, why are you directing Star Trek if you don't even like it, you know? So... Yeah, we, we're tangenting off now. My fault, I do apologize, but... <laughs> Yeah, Lindelof was, was one of my issues with Prometheus. I liked how it looked, I did. I I can sit down and I can enjoy the visuals on the screen. I love the Ori scene, and I love the ships. And To be fair, I know not many people liked it, but I did like seeing the engineers up and around and getting in the chair. 
Yeah. No, I mean, it was a beautiful movie. It had really good design. The visuals were incredible. My issues were just with the characters and the story and its placement and its themes, I guess. So everything that wasn't part of its artistic design was a letdown. See, it feels like they, they treat us as, as idiots. Like, you know, do, people won't notice issues and glaring holes. And it, it makes me wonder why this sort of stuff doesn't come up when they're making it. Why they don't seem to care about it when they're making it. Or is it a case of being too close to it to say? Um, I think that they wanted to make a film that would hopefully lead to something more than just the alien universe. Like, that's the only reasonable explanation I can think of. But... Well, I have to say how much that damages it, really. I mean, yeah, I find it affects me when I come and see these kind of things. You know, like I was saying, with how much effort we we as fans put into following the, the franchises, it, it it sort of alienates us and puts us down. I mean, Darkness, first time he saw AVP, it bothered him that much that he felt like he'd wasted all this time and effort on this website, and they gave up. I mean, I did that with the second one. Well, just before the second one was released, I'd stayed on and moved off to other websites and put all this effort into trying to maintain a, a good community. And this, it was when the Ain't It Cool news review came out of the of the script. And I got to that point where I was just like, fuck this, I'm, I'm not willing to, to put my time and effort into these things. And... Does, does, does it ever, ever bother you like that when, you know, when you, when when you're looking forward to these things and you're putting time and effort into the, well, I suppose it's the, more the movies for you than anything, but you know, in, into the releases and you get them and they're bad. It depends on the film. You know what I mean? For a film like Alien, because. I'm, a, I'm still, I think, relative to most of the people on the forums, I'm still a very recent fan. I mean, I've only became an Alien fan back in, oh, excuse me, Alien and Predator fan back in, uh, what, oh, four, oh, five? Around the time the first AVP movie was released, I can't nitpick too much. Um, for me, I only see it as a bad movie from a, from a technical perspective, like if there are plot holes or if something doesn't make sense, like, you know, like I would with any other movie. Uh, but it's a... Uh, I was more forgiving with Prometheus. I didn't mind it too, too much. Would I prefer a more alien-centered film? Yes, definitely. But I'm also, because it's a Ridley Scott film, I'm, I'm willing to be a bit more forgiving and see what he does with it. But then again, it's been two, no, yeah, it's been almost, it'll be two years this, this June since it was released. Uh, so, you know, I, I, we haven't heard anything about a sequel, so I doubt it's even going to happen. Well, Ridley Scott actually just recently said that they had finished writing the sequel, and it's rumored to be announced around the summer this year, so we'll see if oh, I see. if that happens or not. Did you get where I'm coming from, Ridge Top? Does it... Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I don't look forward to AVP things as much as I used to for that very reason. I mean, look at Aliens Colonial Marines. That was We were looking forward uh, to that for six years, and it disappointed almost everybody. I mean, the the little enjoyment we got out of it was not near what we were promised, um, the kind of experience we were going to have with it. So, yeah, I mean, it is disheartening, especially for me with Prometheus. I was just, <laughs> that movie got me butthurt pretty bad. With Prometheus too, I'll go see it, but I'm not going to be excited for it. I'll see it because I'll be curious to see how they can take the mess of a story that was the first one and, and try and clean it up a bit, or if it's just going to be even more messy. 
So, yeah, it's it does suck when, you know, like you like you said, when when you're fans of a franchise, you kind of grew up with it. You found it in your youth and it was something that was pretty special to you and it it, it became even like a hobby. And then the things people are doing with it these days just it's not what you initially liked about it. So yeah, it's it's disheartening. So you know, we've we've got some stuff to look forward to, but again it's makes you a bit dubious. Um I think I think the thing I'm really looking forward to is um the miniatures game. But again that's something that isn't completely foul um you know, fault proof because we're getting a bit of um you know, they're giving us certain images saying it's a certain thing and fans are then being a bit dubious as to do you guys really know what you're doing here? I'm talking specifically in terms of the Alien Warrior um images they've been putting out. people have been like they want the aliens one and they've been like, Yeah, but it is and it's not, it's the A V P R one. Um but again that's all is that is that really that nitpicky on our part or I don't know. Well I think um Protus Games, is it? Yes. The guys that are doing it, they recently showed some new models of more aliens, like Cameron-style yeah, aliens. Yeah, See. So I, I think it's good to have a wide variety because, um, you know, there are some fans out there, not many, but some that do like the designs from AVP and AVPR. So I think it'd be good, especially with a tabletop game, you could just do so much with it. So, yeah, I mean, make whatever they want as far as I'm concerned with the, the tabletop game. I'm genuinely looking forward to that, and that it's it is story based as well. You know, Steve Perry's working on it again, which is a bit—he's not the greatest really in his treatment of the aliens, but it's it's interesting to see more stuff in that universe. And I think that's my biggest thing to look forward to. But you know, there's the, oh, there's the comics as well, but that might people might be a little bit annoyed with the inclusion of the Prometheus elements and. Maybe it's a case of not being able to win ev- any everything. That's more the issue when it comes to uh, when it comes to us as well. And there might be some people out there who's going to get a kick out of Ripley's daughter in isolation and um, Ash returning in in the new book. Uh, am I being too nitpicky? Am I just? I don't think so. I think I think you're coming from the perspective of somebody who's emotionally invested in the series, and I think you have every right to be considering it's a you know. The Alien series has been around since 1979. It's very well known, and you know it, it's hard for you to not be upset. I think because when you consider that the series took a, took a real turn for the worse with Alien Three, and then of course, I mean, let's not even talk about Alien Resurrection. I mean, that was a steaming pile of shit in every sense of the word. But then along come the AVP movies, and a lot of us, I think, were hoping for something new with Prometheus. And while we did receive something new, it wasn't what anybody expected. So I think you're justified. In your disappointment, personally. Glad to know. <laughs> I actually watched Resurrection again recently, and it, it wasn't as bad as I remember. I mean, I think it's aged well. I mean, yeah, it's nowhere near the quality of the originals, but for what it was, for just a summer popcorn movie, it, it wasn't half bad, in my opinion. But, hey, I like the AVP movies, so. <laughs> See, Resurrection. <Don't> take... <laughs> well, I'm sorry to interrupt. Resurrection, again, he's going back to what earlier about the insistence on old stuff. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have something new. They had to have Ripley push that on Joss Sweden and push it on the team. And As much as I hate Resurrection, I would happily, happily 
choose the AVP movies over Resurrection. I'm sorry, but, like, I mean, at least AVP wanted to do something different. Resurrection was a bad movie to begin with, but the second that fucking hideous, stupid, was it, yeah, the newborn showed up, I was done, I'm done, that's it. Now you guys just went full-on retard, no way. That's, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, that was that was very disappointing to see the queen just sit on her ass and get her face swiped off by that thing. And that that was something I found kind of refreshing about AVP is a, is the queen was back and she, you know, she actually wrecks some stuff and and there's a big battle at the end. That's kind of what I was hoping for with Resurrection. And so when I first saw it, I was kind of confused by by all that they were doing with the newborn. And that that's those films really took off the alien design in a completely unwanted direction in the fleshy and the co-mingled with the humans design direction. That's that's another bugbear about this era, I suppose. The ease of access to those suits, those moulds, which is why they took them for the AVP movies. And Again, please, you know, overusing existing stuff and taking it in a completely wrong direction. I feel like I could just bitch about so much. <laughs> like I said, you're justified, so don't worry, man. The whole point of the podcast today is to let it all out, so just go for it. <laughs> uh, but I don't like I don't like to be as a fan. I don't like to be negative. I don't like to completely just rip things apart and whinge about them because that's that's one of my bugbears about the internet as well. It just seems to be something that everybody does. It's no longer people coming together to talk about things they love and be happy and excited. It's more an opportunity to bitch and moan and who can out sarcasm this guy with a comment about this film there. And yeah, it's, it gets depressing. <laughs> but I mean, I think there there is some good stuff to look forward to. Um, like you said, the tabletop game looks good. I am eager to see what Dark Horse is going to do with all their reboots, uh, hopefully more than they did with the the last round of them. But um, one thing that I think is exceptionally positive, we've really been making a lot of great figures and, and making the most of their their um, license. Mm. And yeah, I've started collecting it myself. I haven't, I haven't been doing figure collecting for a while, but they're really high-quality figures. They're much better than any of the McFarlane ones were, and they're doing, like, every possible... Alien and Predator, they can do like stuff from that Batman Dead End fan film. They they did two Predators from that, and they're starting to remake the old Kenner Predators. Oh, I do love the looks of those ones. And so I think, you know, there's good stuff to look forward to. There's some other figures coming out from Square Enix and Bandai. I think you have some that are based on Colonial Marines. Mm. And Bandai is doing two. Um, they're doing just like an ADI-type alien and a wolf figure. But both of them look pretty good. And, um, you know, it is kind of, you hesitate when they say they want to go back to Ripley again with Isolation and with the books. But I think Isolation looks really good. I mean, the screenshots are, I I know screenshots are always going to look good. They did with Colonial Marines. But I I like the idea of it. I like a first-person alien survival game that's not so militaristic, that brings it more back to the horror elements from the first film. And I think having Ripley's daughter, like, I don't know, maybe she's searching for what happened to her mother or something. It could be an interesting story if they did it right. Um, there is a really creepy game online called SC Containment, SCP Containment Breach, and it's it's free to play, and it's just you're in this scary facility being chased by these 
monsters, and it's it's terrifying. So if they did something like that with isolation, just like a survival game, like maybe not quite like Amnesia where you're completely helpless, but you definitely you're not packing all these weapons and stuff. You still have to, you know, it's a survival horror game. Mm. If they did it right, it could be really good. I'm very curious to see where they go with it. I will admit that. I mean, and, and I will be following it. I, I'm obliged to the website and everything, and I will be. <laughs> that, that's, that's the thing I don't like, feeling obliged to. I, I want to see stuff that's going to excite me from it. And the, the stuff you've been saying about the, the horror element, and taking it a bit more less guns blazing, stupid kind of attitude and really sort of intensifying it. I mean, I loved the first mission of AVP. I found that te- that was really intense. and I love doing that. I'd love to see more of that kind of feel in a, in a whole game. I'm, I'm going to be very cautious with it, but I will, I will follow it. And I'm, I'm hoping we're going to have a good year. I do. Um, while I'm dubious about the books, I'm going to go into it and take it fair. I always do on these kind of things. I try not to go in with any sort of um, prejudgment. And I uh, should have my review copy soon. I'm, I am looking forward to it. But I'm not I'm not uh, immune to the disappointment. I, I think, you know, it's no, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt to jump in here, guys, but I just thought of something. If if indeed the, the like, what you're mentioning, Adam, about a more survival-based game, I like that. And I think the future of, at least as far as the games are concerned, if someone really wants to turn the, turn the whole franchise around and present a different type of product, I think the future of it lies in indie projects and stuff that's funded through, uh, you know, Indiegogo or Kickstarter or whatever the case may be, because, you know, I think as, as long as executives are involved, we're never going to get a worthy product, so to speak. Well, what do you guys think about that? In theory... Yes, but we've all seen what happens when it's fans, quotation mark, at the helm with AVPR and stuff. What one person likes necessarily isn't going to work for everything, but Kickstarter is proving, so, you know, that there's all these people that might not necessarily get a chance, that they, they, they can do it, and it's providing a very nice um, environment for them to get their funding. I mean, if it's a crap idea, then obviously they're not gonna, people aren't going to be interested. So it sort of helps weed out the um, the terrible stuff. I mean, well, what people perceive to be the terrible stuff. So you know, we're getting a majority opinion here. More people find it good, the more people will give the money, and that's what everybody seems to want to enjoy. So yes, I completely see what you mean and I would be very interested to see what a Kickstarter funded Aliens game would bring yeah I think there could be a lot of good indie uh, AVP related stuff when it comes to games in the future I mean um, Scythe Wraith he's, he's a modder he does Doom 3 mods and he did the Prometheus mod that I was talking to you about but also right now um, he's working on a remake of Alien Trilogy like the old Playstation and Saturn yes. Alien Trilogy and he's doing it with Doom 3 graphics, and it, it actually looks really good. So, yeah, I think indie games definitely could bring more excitement for for AVP in terms of the quality of, of the games. But at the same time, it's it's good to have, I think, the big-budget games that are, you know, the next-gen showcase pieces. Because AVP, when it first came out, it looked incredible on PC, 
they they want to make the most of the license. I, I put most of the blame on Gearbox for for ACM, and I'm sure Sega got pretty frustrated with them. But um, I think yeah, I'm both indie games and the big budget titles. I think uh, I'm hoping we'll see some excellent stuff. All right, well, I think uh, we can end it on a positive note there. I don't think that ended up quite being as short as you were thinking it would be, Rich Stop. So, I mean, let us know what you think as well. Um, do you agree with us? Is there anything you don't? Just drop us a line on the forums or on Twitter or Facebook, whatever. So, yeah, yeah, I'll uh, finish it there. Thanks for joining us again, Rich Stop. And very nice to finally speak to you, um, Doom. Um, I hope yeah, thanks for having me. I look forward to doing this again, eh? <laughs> you had to drop it in there, didn't you? You even got some traditional Canadian A. I hope everybody yeah, enjoyed it. it well, you know, we probably picked it up from you Brits, so thank you. Welcome. All right, this is uh, Corporal Hicks uh, signing off. And this is Ridgetop. And this is yeah. Doom Rules. Signing off of the 14th episode of the AVP Galaxy Podcast. Quit griping. I like griping.